world's worst intro <laughs> to more than a game. Our <laughs> semi-annual <laughs> podcast. Whenever we feel like yes. it. Yes. R- roughly whenever we have the time. Sean Whittinghill, defensive lineman, torturer of Southeast Missouri. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oldest living human. <laughs> and I, Colby Wilson, writer slash sayer of words, father, brother, husband, lover, friend. Get together and discuss topics important to the lives, welfare, and overall happiness of student athletes. Sean, how are you? I'm good. And make sure you don't cut the intro that you sang because I, I think that was perfect. And they're going to love it. So make sure you don't cut I it I was out. a little pitchy. I was a okay. little pitchy. I, I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to try to cut a second one, and we'll see how that goes. Okay. okay. Sounds good to me. All right. Sean, identify our topic this week. Funny that you say that. Is it Be- now? Yeah, because yeah. our topic is identity. It is. So uh, define identity for identity. us. Identity. I think that is understanding yourself. And just being able to answer the question, who am I? Whatever that, whatever comes with that, I think that's what your identity is. Who am I? What makes up Sean? Me. That's me, Sean. Sean Whittinghill. More than a game, but Dr. Sean Whittinghill. So what does make up Sean Whittinghill? Let's let's define this for people who may still be grappling with their sense of self. Personally, I am Sean. I am a family-oriented person. Uh, someone who cares a lot about uh, relationships with people, whether that is my relationship with my girl or my relationship with my friends or just people who I have connections with. I am a Christian, uh, someone who just likes to devote myself to that. And I'm an athlete and I'm a student. And obviously I am a son and all that good stuff. So so would it be fair to say that those are kind of the baselines for identity and that your people are going to typically have all of those trappings in some way. They may not be yours, but they're going to be similar. Yeah, for sure. Okay, great. This well is, said. Yeah. This is uh, this for an for an audio medium. Two word answers are going to be so epic. A three minute podcast episode. That's what we're shooting for. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, we've <laughs> we got to pack the rest of this into about thirty <laughs> seconds. So let's go. Um, so college obviously is a place where. And I think that this is the same adage that people have been using since I was in school, which is college is the place you're going to go find yourself and fill out from an identity standpoint. Well, why is that? Because you're still, I mean, okay, most college students, you accept it, are still (laughs) young and still growing and evolving as people. And I think that that puts a little pressure on people to sort of define themselves maybe when they're not quite ready to. Yeah. Well, I mean, college is a place where for a lot of people, this is the first time they have a lot of freedom and so when they have this freedom this opens up the door for exploring new things and trying new things out so then you just be you kind of like begin to learn who you truly are learn who you are and I mean that just comes with finding your identity is as you learn who you are you start to develop your own identity instead of having well I do these things because my parents do these things or I believe these things because my parents do or whoever raised me whatever now you become your own person so that's why college is so big on uh just being a place where people find themselves quote how 
important is who you surround yourself with to how your identity will ultimately be formed. I think that's extremely important. And I mean, I think I've probably said it in every single podcast we ever done. I talk about community, but your community is so important to who you are because you got to just hit on our next subject, by the way. We're going to talk about community because if you're going to keep bringing it I'm up, about to say we got as well. We got to define it. <laughs> For sure. Okay. So tune in. All right. But uh, it's so important. And you know, like the saying, you know, show me your five closest friends. I'll show you your future. And I mean, I think that it's corny, but it's true. Uh, you know, the people that you surround yourself with are going to be a big part of how you identify yourself and how they shape who you become. How do you spot fakery? And there's two ways to kind of look at this, which is one people, other people not necessarily being true to themselves or true to the outside world and how they're self-identifying, but also within yourself where you may want to have a, a self-identification. That's one thing, but that's not really truly what, whether it's for social status or to impress a girl or whatever, but that's not really truly who you are. Well, for the self, uh, just one about myself, I guess a lot of times it's hard to see when things aren't necessarily right within yourself because you just you're kind of just going with emotions and whatnot. Uh, but I think it's important to have like accountability partners and just people that you keep around that can call you out when they see things that are wrong. And uh, yeah, so like just having somebody come up to me and say, hey, like, you know, you did this and that's really out of character. Like, you, you know, that's not who you are and just you know, bringing that to, like, my attention. I always appreciate that. And then it gives me time to reflect. And I know some people, though, will be like, oh, hey, so no, I ain't do that, you know what I'm saying, and just kind of deny it. But uh, eventually I feel like that will bring that to the forefront of somebody's mind and it will give uh, that person time to reflect and realize, okay, yeah, that's right, and, you know, I, I need to get back to who I am and being who I am and not just trying to live up to some standard for other people and, you know, like social media. When somebody tells you something you did is out of character, can that feel like an attack because you do consider yourself to be a person of high character? Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, that's something that there's still times where I, like, I, I struggle with that. And I want to be somebody who's always like, yeah, you know, I'm always open to criticism. But there are times, and especially I just had a conversation with one of my coaches yesterday where uh, he got on to me for something that I don't normally do. Uh, and I – didn't take it well initially i was like man like i'll never do this like i kind of snapped back and then you know he talked to me he was like listen like i know like i know that you're somebody who doesn't normally do this but you gotta understand like i'm your coach i gotta coach you on this and you just gotta be able to take it and it just helped me realize like man like I, he's exactly right like i know this is and then he just basically said the same thing you did it was just like he's the same way where he holds himself to a standard so and he keeps himself there but even if he just dips maybe one time once out of, I don't know, three years or something like that. And if somebody calls him out on that, he immediately feels attacked, just like how I did yesterday, because it was just like, I don't, like, you don't have to attack me. Like, I don't do this. I just messed up, you know. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, him bringing that to me, though, helped me realize, like, okay, I didn't take it well, and I need to take it well. And uh, even though I did feel attacked, I'm not being attacked. It's somebody who's trying to let me know what's best for me. And yeah, so do you think people who have a self identity that is more upstanding and more I don't want to say righteous, but more more overall upstanding and high character are more 
prone to being to feeling that way when somebody calls something they did into question whereas somebody who maybe doesn't have that same sort of positive self-identity is more prone to just kind of shrugging it off and going whatever's your opinion man yeah i mean i think so because yeah for somebody who just shrugs it off that means that you know that's just they don't really not necessarily care but I guess they're not as aware of their own self, so they don't really know what standard to hold themselves to or uh, what to define their character as. So when somebody who does have that, you know, self-identity like in check and they understand like who they are and what their character is, once they, you know, deviate from that, yeah, it's easy to feel attacked because you're like, well, I understand who I am and I just messed up. Like, I'm gonna, I'll be all right. But it's still important to have those people that are willing to call you out on those things. How important is the identity of the collective individuals to the overall identity of the team? Well, I mean, teams are made up of individuals, so it's extremely important. Um, I mean, it, like it's important to have the identities click. Obviously, not every single person is going to have the same identity and same characteristics because that would be boring. Well, you're not robots either. Right, you know, so but making sure that they mesh together well is very important because, I mean, that's the chemistry of your team, so – as people evolve, their identity is likely to change with them. Has there ever been a situation where somebody that you've you've thought very highly of has begun exhibiting not just a one-off instance of behavior, but a <coughs> consistent pattern where, hey, this person, their identity has changed? How do you how do you wrestle with that when someone that you used to hold a high opinion of no longer really deserves that kind of spot on the mantle. Yeah, I mean, that's something that's very difficult because, um, yeah, you know, I've been in that situation before and I know a lot of people have. Uh, it's difficult because, yeah, you hold somebody to such a high standard because in many cases they, they're they the ones that set the standard because when you first meet that person, they behave a certain way, they, you know, exhibit certain behaviors and that and by doing so they become somebody you want to associate yourself yeah with. because they set the standard okay this is how this person acts and this is somebody that i can get behind because like this is somebody i want in my inner circle and then i guess you know true colors begin to show and it's not that way and that's hard to deal with because you thought so highly of somebody and then <clears throat> there's that feeling of betrayal i guess you would say um you're like well like man i look i looked up to you so much or i thought so highly of you and you just betrayed me and really i mean that's kind of selfish because it's not like they're just personally betraying you that just how they are your collateral damage yeah but uh i mean that's just something you know in situations i've been in where i've brought it to their attention like hey like either you were just fake when we met or you're acting out of character but you know this is what i see and i don't appreciate it and you know do with it as you please and if it's somebody who continues to act in a way that i just don't feel like is best for keeping around in my inner circle i'm still going to associate with you i don't have any grudges towards you anything like that i just understand that okay some distance needs to be set between you and i yeah you're gonna assume new identities as life happens to you Father, brother, son, husband, student, athlete, those aren't for everybody, but they have been for you. How do you adjust to each of those as they come along? I know some haven't happened to you yet, some are in the future, some are in the past, but as you assume 
a new portion of your identity? How does it become a part of who you are? Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, you know, I've had, you know, obviously athlete, student, of course, teammate. Um, I've, you know, student teacher, uh, volunteer roles where I'm a leader with high schooler and high school and middle school students and through and through like that all in all those different roles I'm myself but obviously those look different and of course I'm not going to act the same way I do with my teammates as I do with the the students I had while I was student teaching yeah happy um, fun Sean is not going to be good yeah. in the classroom right and so I mean that's just something you just have to that's what I'm looking for I guess figure out how to still be yourself and but in the necessary roles that those take yeah so do you do you feel like you can maybe stretch the boundaries of what each of those roles what's expected of each of those roles like you think of a teacher as an authoritarian figure who is in charge of not just education, but discipline and a bunch of other things. And you can kind of break that mold a little bit depending on your personality, which is not right. naturally that of totalitarian classroom dictator. Yeah. And, for, and you know, with that example right there, <coughs> yeah, I mean, you, I, everything is just dependent on your personality. You can't try to look at a stereotype of a certain role and be like, okay, this is how it has to be. I've got to be this way. Because if it's not you, it's just not going to be natural. It's not going to work out. But like specifically just for teaching, you know, my personality is I, I like to have fun. I like to engage people. And so when I, you know, I'm not the type of person that's going to go in there and be like, okay. And just like lay down the law, like, uh, like I'm I up would, here, you know. I would laugh so hard <laughs> watching you like stand in front of a classroom and shake your finger yeah. at people. And like, <laughs> you know, and it was like when I when I was teaching my lessons last semester uh, with these uh, high school freshmen history classes, uh, it would be it was just like my personality. I'd go up there and I'd be I'd be engaging with them. I'd you know crack jokes every once in a while, but obviously we'd get the stuff that needs to be said said. It'd be done, and if there were some issues. Uh, instead of being someone who stops the class, I used to have teachers. I hated it. Would stop the class and like call that person out, like in front of everybody, and kind of embarrass them, things like that. Where opposed to that, that's not my personality. So what I would do is I would talk to that student one on one, and we'd figure out a solution to what's going on. Like, what what are you really trying to say here? You know. And so that's really just because that's my personality. So I can't go in there and try to fit the stereotype of one of those teachers. I just have to do how it's going to work best with my personality and the personality of those around me and how that's going to mesh together. This is slightly off topic, but obviously you've been in school for, I don't even want to try to add that up. <laughs> it's been 87 years. How frustrating was it for the teachers <coughs> who just taught the classroom and never really tried to reach you the individual because i i had those teachers where it's like all right y'all are all gonna learn the exact same way here it is pick it up or get left behind and like i know that it's tough because you got a classroom of 30 kids but like not everybody learns the same way right yeah i saw this picture i don't remember where i saw it at probably on twitter or something but it was a so it was different animals there was an elephant a monkey, a fish that was like in a bowl and some other, like a dog maybe. And then the teacher said, all right, your test is to climb that tree. So obviously not all those animals can climb that tree. And so it's saying that to say like, 
and there's really a knock at just standardized testing and whatnot but not everybody learns the same way not everybody does the things the same way so you have to be able to teach in a different way for each of your students you got to be able to identify which students learn the best through engaging activities where they are involved in it whereas other students may learn best from just sitting there taking notes listening to a lecture so you got to be able to do both of those okay you know 15 minutes of this class is going to be dedicated towards collaborative work whereas this next 15 minutes will be a lecture and then the rest of the class will be a uh, review over it all and some more collaborative so just being able to do all that I think is what works best it's worked best in my experience of being a student and in the short time that I was student teaching um, but yeah just to sit there and try to teach everybody the same way especially the one that comes to my mind is just sitting there talking the whole time and with no, <laughs> I've really experienced it, experienced it like my freshman year here uh, just up there talking no powerpoint nothing just talking to us i'm like i i'm gonna fail this class i can't learn this way but I, I had a teacher for two history classes here never wrote anything on the board no powerpoint no handouts he would sit at the front of the class and he was an older gentleman so i assumed he was reciting most of this from memory yeah but <laughs> he just he would lecture for 90 minutes and you had to write down as much as you could and just pray you got it Everything was going to be on the test. Yeah, I scraped no two C's in that class and was thrilled with myself for doing it. For sure. That's understandable. What is there to gain from figuring out your identity? Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to talk specifically on athletics for this one. So, because my time here is coming to an end. Of Allegedly. Being a, being a college athlete. And so, it's hitting hard. And uh, But the one thing that's helped me out is the fact that my identity, I don't, like, when I meet people, I don't say, hey, Sean Winning Hill, the football player. Because that's not all that I am. And that has helped me out a lot. Whereas I know I have teammates and there's uh, athletes all over the world whose sole identity is as an athlete. So when that comes to an end, a lot of people feel lost and they're just devastated because that's all that they've known and now it's over with. So being able to – and well, and that comes part with – because that's what you've done all your life, that's just been given to you. So that identity is just like, here, this is you. You know, it's not something that you found yourself. So then <coughs> being someone who can understand that there's more to them than what they've just been given and just being able to identify for themselves who they are, I think it you gain a lot from that because you're not so wrapped up in whatever it is that you're doing so if it's taken away from you you're not completely devastated because you understand that there's more to you than what's in front of you right there can you become resentful of that identity that's given to you where you're sean the student athlete and not sean the whatever else that defines who you are yeah i think so because then at that point you can sit there and look like you look just look back and look at all the people along your way and just say well, why didn't they help me on aspects other than just being an athlete? And which I think is like why what, what Combs does and, you know, many other people, but student athlete development and trying to develop people as humans rather than just, okay, you're an athlete, so you got to be stronger and faster and a better athlete. Uh, so, yeah, like <laughs> it's easy to be resentful right there because you're like, if you don't have those people that are helping you, helping develop you in all those other aspects of your life, 
you're just going to sit there and be like, well, why didn't anybody tell me that this is going to end? And it's, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life now. Can you become inflexible to the idea? Can you become inflexible with the idea of defining yourself as a certain thing? Like, is it, is it dangerous to just pigeonhole yourself because you would stop growing or stop evolving or stop seeking out? Like if you're Sean, like, Eventually, you'll settle into being Sean, the husband, father, worker, whatever it is you wind up doing, and that'll kind of be what you do. But you don't have to stop identifying or... Ah, hold on. I'm going to have to try this all over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I understand. Like, <coughs> yeah, like if you, because there's always places you can grow in and places you can explore and things like that so i think if you just get so caught up in your specific roles that you've been given eventually i just kind of get like you just feel like well this is all that i am yeah and so i think it's important that you continue doing those things or like exploring those things that you feel make up your identity um yeah i mean like for me you could still grow within those spaces. You're never done. Yeah. You, you don't just, all right, well, I'm married now. That's it on <laughs> learning how to be a husband. <laughs> I love going and listen, going to concerts, listening to music, all that. Well, now I'm a husband now, so now I can't do those things anymore because that's not a part of my identity. Now I'm, you know, solely a husband. Yeah, like that can't happen. Like you still got to be able to do whatever else. You don't want to just be the, just that one thing. The, the washed old guy. Mm-hmm. You've already you hit on this a little bit, but I want to close with it. Athletes and the identity of being athletes. This for ninety nine point nine percent of you, this four years is it. It's the last time you will identify as an athlete, at least actively. Yeah. When does that realization begin, and how tough is that pill to swallow? Yeah. Well, for me, I, I mean, it was a passing thought during uh, you know last season. Uh, just because now, obviously, I redshirted and I had that medical redshirt, so I had, uh, I knew I had another year. But I saw the people that I came in with graduating, and they were walking on their senior day. I think that senior day is when it really hurt uh, for the first time the most. Cause I was like, man, like, like that I'm not gonna play with these guys again, and I've been blessed with another season, but this is about to be me and all that. And then it kind of just you know, went away for a while, just in the back of my mind. But after, or once we started summer workouts this year, I think that's when it hit really hard. Cause I'm just looking around and like, yo, like I, I've been here longer than everybody, you know, <laughs> you know, me and a couple guys, like we've been here longer than the rest of the team. And I think it's so easy, like to just get caught up in thinking time is just this endless thing that you can't see the end of it and especially being an athlete like you always have like your upperclassmen to look up to and like man this isn't really going well and I'm not really enjoying how this is going let me talk to this person who's experienced it before and see like pick their brain for like see how it's going among your peers obviously you can do that with your coaches but then looking around realizing like I'm that person <laughs> you know like <laughs> these people are gonna come to me oh, oh no I'm the old guy now I gotta, <laughs> I gotta teach people stuff right you like I'm that person now, and it's crazy. And I I enjoy that role because I have teammates that come to me almost every day, 
and they ask me questions, they ask me advice, and I, I appreciate it. But it's it's still weird. So I'm like, man, like I had those people I was going to, and now it's it's me, and so that really hit hard. And um, of course, every day it's it becomes more of a reality, and it's crazy because especially during that time during the summer, I was still you know recovering from my uh, ACL repair, and uh, I wasn't you know I was still in that moment in that season so i was like man this is going by so slowly like i still can't i'm still not 100 percent. like this has been the longest thing ever well now i'm recovered from warp it speed. and it's so fast like we're going into what our eighth game yep like golly so <laughs> sitting back just looking and realizing how fast this is going by and how like this is almost over it no it's not fun it's hard <laughs> it's it's very hard <laughs> to deal with um but you know, once again, like it's something that is not for me. I'm not devastated about it because I'm excited for the the moment that I'm in. And I'm excited to see, you know, how far we can take what we're doing for the rest of the season. And I'm excited for the next season of my life, you know, because I, uh, I just I love new challenges and whatnot. And I can just take everything I've learned here and I'm excited to see how I can apply that to the next season of my life. But I know for people who like we were just talking about earlier whose identity is solely just I'm a football player I'm an Austin P football player or wherever you're at that's a extremely tough pill to swallow because after that it's just you know now what what yeah, do I do that's a wrap yeah so it's hard now I'm not saying that it's not hard for me still because I'm about to ball my eyes out the last game is over with. So no, I'm talking no, about water I'm works. Not, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that scene. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Anything else on identity? <sighs> I've said everything i got to say. Okay. Well, at least we've, one, we've wrapped that, and I think you did an excellent job defining it. And, two, we even – Actually, we're going to walk out of here with the subject for the next one of these. There we go. That's the first way. Time. Yeah, we <laughs> haven't been within shouting distance of an actual subject when we walked out on any of the rest of these. So, uh, all right. Well, as always, thanks for your time and your education. And uh, go Cubs. Go Cubs. <laughs>